Three things that should compel a business owner to dedicate the proper time and energy to training their managers and supervisors. First, the number one reason employees leave a job is because of the relationship with their manager or supervisor they report to. Second place is not even close. Second, the freedom you as a business owner have is limited to your willingness and ability to leave your managers in charge without you being present. And third, in the eyes of the law, anything your supervisors and managers say or do carries the same weight as if you, the business owner, said or did that same thing. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. One of the biggest mistakes that can be made by a business owners is promoting an employee to a supervisory or management role and not properly training them. Now, I've been in situations over my career in which I've witnessed this and as an employee had to endure the consequences of all this, as I'm sure many of you have, if not all of you. Uh, now, I'm not going to cite uh, any particular case in this instance for obvious reasons, but I would invite you to think about, you know, think back upon a time where you experienced this in your own career. A manager or supervisor gets promoted. Um, they may or may not have been good at the job that they had before. Uh, they get promoted, but they're certainly not qualified to um, or capable of doing a good job um, as a supervisor or manager. Um, it's not a mystery that a crummy relationship with your boss is the number one reason people leave a job. Uh, having a boss that does not know how to manage people's situations or properly handle uncomfortable situations is absolutely brutal for employees. And since most of us spend more time at work than at home, Enduring this situation is not likely to happen for for long in most cases. Um, Being in this situation just plain sucks for everyone. It it sucks for the employee. It sucks for the newly promoted manager or supervisor, or maybe not even some newly promoted, just incapable manager or supervisor. And it's not fun for the business owner either. Um, But not properly training business or not properly training managers and supervisors to deal with all the things that are going to be thrown at them creates a number of problems. So in addition to have uh, to creating the environment that employees want to flee, that's probably, you know, that's a pretty significant reason uh, or problem. Um, having potential legal issues if the supervisor or manager unknowingly breaks the law and keeping you as a business owner from, from getting any kind of freedom, you also have to worry about uh, your manager's actions being perceived by your team as actions you condone whether or not you know these things even took place at all. So if the supervisor or manager does something that's just a bonehead move, uh, they say something that's completely wrong, they do something that's completely wrong, you don't even know about it, your team is still going to assume that you you've, know about this and, they, and that you condone it. They're not necessarily going to work through this scenario and come to, to, come to grips or, or come to believe that you're unaware of this. They're most likely going to think that you are aware of it and you condone it. Um, and in many cases, again, we're being judged by our team for actions we didn't take part of, 
part in, and we generally didn't even know that they happened. Um, that's just a it's just a bad situation to be in. So, and as scary as a thought of that is, that is the reality of our situation. So ultimately, how your supervisors and managers treat your team, make decisions, and manage conflict can have a bigger impact on your team's morale than even your own actions as a business owner. So here are some things I would recommend focusing on when training your, your managers. Um, and this could be new managers, especially new managers, but it could also be for people who've been in leadership roles for a while. Um, I think these are some good things to, to touch on and make sure that you have clarity and agreement between you and this person on your leadership team of what makes sense. Um, and we'll kind of we'll kind of go through these things here, but um, this is these are not things I would assume that they know. They probably don't. Um, again, if you look back on your career, the people you worked for before you became a business owner, um, you know, if you had seven bosses, how many of those were good? Two, one. I mean, that's probably the percentage for most folks. I think most people who had seven bosses before they became a business owner would not say they had seven awesome bosses. If that was the case, you probably wouldn't be a business owner. You probably still be an employee. Um, again, some people want to be entrepreneurs and I get that, but my point is most bosses and managers are not seen by the people they manage as being overwhelmingly good. That's just, that's just not how it works out. So we can't make the assumption that our, our leadership team is going to be good and that we're, we've amassed this group of people that are exception to the rule, right? That's just not, that's just not how I think it'd be smart to approach this. So the first thing I would um, recommend focusing on when training your managers is establishing what their boundaries are. What are they capable of handling on their own? What are they expected to handle on their own? And what kinds of things should they ask about before they they act? So what kinds of situations might come up where you'd say, you know what, I'd rather, I want to be part of that conversation, or I'd like to, I'd like you and I to develop a plan before we move forward with that. What are those kinds of scenarios? Um, if they don't know that it's okay or even preferred to ask for help, which I would say most business owners would say it's preferred that they ask for help rather than make a bad decision. Um, but if they don't know that that's okay or even preferred, they might very well make that bad decision rather than taking a chance of asking a question if they fear the business owner or their boss will think that they're incompetent by asking the question. So one of the very first things with, with new managers and supervisors I do is say, it's much better for you to ask than move forward and make a really bad decision. Like I'm not going to think less of you for asking. I would really rather you ask than make bad decisions. This is critical. Um, don't worry about not knowing what you're doing. Of course, you don't know what you're doing. You just started this job. It's okay. Just like you didn't know how to fix flux capacitors before you came to flux cap, uh, capacitor mechanic. You're going to learn things along the way. That's how, that's how it goes with a new job. But please ask for help rather than make assumptions and make make decisions without knowing all the facts. So that's the first thing I focus on is like, what are the boundaries? What are the expectations? Here's the things I expect you to handle. Here's the things I hope you handle. And here's things I don't want you to handle. You know, let's get clarity on that. The second thing is they need to learn the law. Uh, again, we talked a couple weeks ago. There's no greater risk to your business right now than being sued by an employee. In the eyes of law, your supervisor and manager's actions are treated as if you had committed the alleged offense yourself. So them learning the law needs to be something that happens very quickly. They need to know what actions are okay and what actions are not okay. And they need to know what happens or what to do in situations where they don't know what the law is. You know, again, my example a couple weeks ago is I always kind of, you know, 
what's the law say? What's the handbook say? What's the what's the precedent we're going to set? Those are kind of the three ways I walked managers and supervisors and in people in leadership team through making decisions that came up. So uh, learning the law is a big deal. Uh, they need to know your expectations for how to handle these kinds of situations and how they're supposed to be treated. So when I say these kinds of situations, I'm talking about just day-to-day conversations with employees, coaching situations with employees, disciplinary conversations or situations with employees, teaching and mentoring situations, and even things like company picnics and holiday parties, including conversations and discussions with spouses. For each of these kinds of situations, the day-to-day, the coaching, the disciplinary, the teaching and mentoring, and the company picnics and holiday parties, and others, you'll have others, I'm sure, In each, for each of these situations, they need to be taught when are these conversations appropriate, what is the goal for these conversations, like what are we trying to accomplish with these conversations, if we're going to have a coaching conversation or disciplinary conversation, what is the goal, um, how do we recognize when the goal has been achieved? What specific strategies and tactics are suggested, allowed, and forbidden? How to recognize when they're in over their head. That's a, that's a crucial one. Like, how do they know when to pull the ripcord and say, you know what? I better get some help here before I make things worse. <laughs> um, and how to go about asking for help without making a bad situation worse. So what we wouldn't want to have happen is mid-sentence with a, you know, or mid-conversation with an employee, um, they have to ask for help they say something in front of the employee that makes it sound like they are not, um, they don't have any authority or responsibility or whatever. And then they come running to you and now the employee is going, Oh, well that person that my supervisor is not really the decision maker. I should just go to the owner of the company. I'm just going to circumvent them. That would make, that would make the situation worse in many cases. So for each of those conversations, those are the kinds of things I would run through. Again, this is not an all inclusive list for sure, but these are the kinds of things I want to have clarity on with my managers and supervisors before they just go out and start, you know, dictating orders to people or whatever. Uh, I certainly want to have them explain to me what they think my expectations are in those areas. And finally, they need to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. What should they be learning about to become a better leader? And these aren't things I'm going to tell them. These are things I'm going to ask them. Um, But also, what is their personality and communication style? Are they aware of what is off-putting about that style to people who don't share that style? So if they have a very, um, I'll just use myself for example, I'm a pretty direct, uh, sometimes appear to be curt uh, because I am direct. Um, I'm kind of a, let's just, let's just get down to things and get, uh, my employees used to say, let's land the plane. <laughs> I don't want to hear what the problem is. We need to land the plane. Let's just land the plane. Let's get to it. That's what they used to say. So that can that can come across as off-putting for people who don't share that style. So I have to be aware of that so I can slow down. I can uh, take the time to listen to people when they're giving details they think are pertinent, things like that, and not cut them off because um, they can think that's rude. If a manager, a leadership person, a person leadership role or supervisor does not, if they're not aware of those kinds of things, they're going to continue to make the same bonehead mistakes over and over again. Let's, let's not let them do that. Let's not set themselves up for failure like that. Um. Again, with their strengths and weaknesses, what specific strategies should be employed to defuse tense situations? Um, the, the last thing I'm going to do is promote somebody to become a supervisor or manager and just assume that they know how to defuse these tense situations, which are going to happen with employees, are going to happen with customers. I'm not going to assume that they know how to do that stuff. 
we're going to talk about it. We're going to walk through. Here's how you do it. Here's here's things to look out for. Here's what the goal is. Here's what we're, here's why we try to do these tactics, and here's why we don't use these strategies. Um, these are things we have to work through. Again, the math is just against us. There's there's far more people who are not naturally gifted at this leadership stuff than people who aren't. So let's just accept the math and move on. Um, and then the last thing I would say again, this is not an all inclusive list, but the last thing I would I have noted here is when should they hold their position and when's it better just let something go? Um, my version of that with, with most things with my leadership team was, listen, if it's going to matter a year from now, we're going to hold the line. If it's not going to matter a year from now, let, who cares? Like we got other things to worry about that may or may not work for you. And it's not, it's not so important that, that you um, think that that's a good way to do it or not. What's important is that you have clarity with your management and your leadership team that you all know what your criteria is. Like, When are you going to hold the line on things and when are you going to let things go? That's important that you guys have unity on that because if you have four different managers and four different criteria for when you're going to hold things and let them go, um, the employees are going to find out who the easy one is and that's where they're going to go all the time. It's just, it's just how it works. It's very predictable, right? Um, so after taking a moment to see how critical good training for your leadership team team is, the first thing I would say is just make sure they understand what their boundaries are, what they have, the boundaries they have, what to do when they find themselves in a situation that they're beyond those boundaries. So, um, how do I identify that you're out of bounds? Um, what are the boundaries? What things are you expected to handle? What things we hope you handle? What things are you forbidden to handle? Um, that would be a very good starting place just to make sure we're limiting the damage that can be done. If they just, listen, they can be making decisions thinking they're doing the right thing and completely blow it and not even know it. And you might not know it for four months or two months or or days or weeks or who knows. Um, I'm not saying these people are making mistakes because they're bad people. I'm saying they're making mistakes because they don't know any better in most cases. So the first thing I want them to do is like, no, we need to agree upon what their boundaries are. What are the limitations? Um, so once they've done that, of course, they need to learn the law. There's no bigger risk. We've talked about that, you know, last couple weeks. There's no bigger risk than being sued by an employee. Um, and again, in the, in the eyes of the law, if they do it, you might as well have done it yourself. So if they just lose their mind and start cursing at people or whatever, um, the law figures that you're condoning it. Like you've, you've taught them to do this. So it's the same as you doing it. So we got to be careful about that. They need to know what their their your expectations are and how to handle situations like day-to-day conversations with employees, coaching, disciplinary, teaching, mentoring, and again, those Christmas parties and you know, alcohol consumption has got to be discussed. I mean, there's all these things gotta be talked about when you come to when it comes to Christmas parties and company picnics and all that kind of stuff, especially the conversations with the spouses. Um, and then for each of those situations, we just kind of went through um when are the conversations appropriate? What's the goal for the conversation? How to recognize when the goal has been achieved. The last thing we want to do is have a, a supervisor who um, is having a conversation with an employee. The goal has been achieved. The employee comes around and is like, yep, I get it. And the supervisor just keeps going and just like over and over and over. And now the employee is just annoyed. And that and we had them on board. And now they're like rebelling because they didn't know when to stop. Though That's what I mean by recognize when the goal has been achieved. Once we've met the goal of the conversation, let's move on. Um, what specific strategies and tactics are suggested, allowed, and forbidden? Um, there are certain things that we just don't want our managers to do. Like, hey, you may have learned that at Brand X. You may have learned that 10 years ago when you had some, a boss that treated you that way. We don't allow that stuff here. 
we, we can't assume that they know that stuff. We have to go over it. Um, how to recognize when they're in over their head and what to do when that happens so they don't make a bad situation worse. And then finally, what are their strengths and weaknesses? Um, what should they be learning about to become a better leader? What's their personality communication style? What's off-putting about that style if for people who don't share it, if it goes too far, if they, you know, if they're not, if they're not consciously keeping that in check. Um, and what specific strategies should be employed to diffuse tense situations and when to hold a position and when to let something go. So those are the kind of the main things I would cover. And I have covered with um, new managers, new supervisors, and people on leadership teams. And I can tell you that having um, clarity and understanding and commitment to honor those things that we've agreed upon um, makes life much, much easier. So that's it for this week. I hope you guys all have a fantastic week. Thanks again for everyone who's given us a rating review and, and shared our podcast. Um, we're getting more and more listeners every week, every month. That's fantastic. Thank you very much for that. There's, we have listeners in over half the states now in the United States, and we have listeners in 10 countries now. It's, it's, um, it's going well. So thank you very much for that. Please continue to share this with people who you believe can can help uh, get some help from a podcast like this for business owners in service industries. And with that, I will talk to you all next week. <laughs>